Nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below, and that's why I am so excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that offers a full range of products designed to cover all of your garden and lawn needs. In years past, my vegetable garden, I neglected the soil and I didn't have much yield. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, your garden may not succeed. And so this year, I am so excited to cultivate the soil before planting the plants with Coast of Maine's organic products. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers, so next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you, coastofmaine.com. Mother's Day is around the corner, and I have the best gift idea for you. Hold on to your hats. It's mylifeinabook.com. Every week, My Life in a Book will send your mom a question via email. They will compile all of your mom or the mom in your life's answers and create a legacy keepsake book. The book becomes something you and future generations can treasure forever. I gave both my mother and my mother-in-law my life in a book, and they've already started responding to the prompts. When my mother-in-law received her first prompt, she said, oh my goodness, what a thoughtful gift. And that's what we all want, right? We all want to give thoughtful gifts. So check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day, mylifeinabook.com, and use code SUSTAINABLE for 10% off today. Hello there, friends, and welcome back. I'm Stephanie Safarian, and this is episode 129 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. On today's show, we are simplifying three of the most mundane household chores. First, we're simplifying the chore. Then we are minimizing the magnitude of the chore before we finally take that newly simplified and newly minimized chore and we make it more eco-friendly. Now, if we are all united in one thing, it is that we are all doing the same chores in our homes every single day, whether we want to or not. And my hope today is that I can take three of the chores, the laundry, the dishes, and just general household cleaning, and simplify them for you to a point where you can feel comfortable enough to take that next step, take the eco-friendly step of making these three mundane chores a little bit more green. Now, before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, a quick note that the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast is supported by Oregon State University eCampus, a national leader in online education. Pair your passion for sustainable living with OSU's passion for the environment by earning a degree online in fields like sustainability and public health. Learn more at ecampus.oregonstate.edu forward slash minimalists. The first household task that we are going to simplify, minimize, and greenify today is, of course, dun-dun-dun, the laundry. Now, 
right off the bat, laundry routines tend to be very personal because your routine is likely dependent on the number of people in your household, your level of activity, so how many times a day everybody's changing their clothes, your work schedule, if you are a work-at-home or a work-away-from-home mother or father, chances are good you're going to be doing your laundry a little bit different from somebody who stays home all day. Even still, there are some real solid tips for simplifying the laundry that we all have to face. The first way to simplify it is to have your kids and your spouse or your partner get in the habit of turning everything the right way as they take it off. So my (laughs) six-year-old, it was very hard to break her from the habit of taking her pants off so they were inside out with the underwear still wrapped in the legs and throwing it in the bin. No, no, no. It took about a week of teaching her that when we take our clothes off, we turn them the right way. And then take that a step further. After your family members get on board with turning their clothes the right way, then have them sort it for you. There is absolutely no reason why partners and children as young as three cannot sort the lights from the darks. So Again, my three-year-old has gotten the hang of this. I say there is absolutely nothing wrong with delegating and having others sort for you is just one less thing that you have to do. Another way to really not only just simplify the task but minimize the amount of laundry you have is rewear your clothes. There's no shame in the game, my friends. If your clothes are not so soiled, if you can get a few wears out of something before it's actually dirty, then go for it and do it boldly. Doing so is also quite an eco-friendly habit to get into too, because washing your clothes less will reduce water waste. And if the clothing in question is a synthetic fabric, it will really cut into the amount of microplastics that shed off your clothes. I do this with my children. They wear the same pajamas for three, four, maybe five nights in a row before I wash them. They're not all that dirty. Those garments can go a few days without needing a wash. How often you wash is dependent, again, on your lifestyle. I personally do one small load of laundry every single day. And and then on Fridays, I do the mega loads where I wash the sheets and the towels. So every day I do one small load. And I do that intentionally because if I'm doing just one small load, then that means that the area where I hang up the clothes to dry is always free. I used to find when I batch laundried that my line was always occupied. So I was resorting to using the dryer more often. But by doing smaller loads more often, the lines are free and I don't need to use the dryer. Now, a couple more ways to simplify and minimize the laundry. Keep a stain spray in your kitchen. So the kitchen is where my children are just (laughs) complete and utter slobs. I love you children, but it's true. Keep a stain spray or a stain pen or whatever your product of choice is right in the kitchen so that the second the stain occurs, you are on top of it. This will save you from some scrubbing and some scouring and maybe even some cursing later once that stain has set. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I despise ironing like the plague. So 
If you're like me and you just do not ever want to pick up that iron again, you should be on the lookout for wrinkle-free fabrics or alternately, the second your clothes are done being washed, hang them up. Give them a nice, good, hard shake and then hang them up flat. Doing this with cotton in particular and maybe sometimes linen will really cut back on the amount of wrinkles that the dried garment has. Now, when we talk about making our laundry routines a bit more eco-friendly, there are so many ways we can do this. The first is to check your conventional laundry detergent at the door and invest in an eco-friendly one. Now, you can make your own laundry detergent. I am not going to go into how to do that today, but I am going to recommend one of two products. What I use is Drops detergent pods. I love Drops because they come in a box. Their packaging is completely compostable. And the product itself, the actual detergent, has no unnecessary fillers and dyes. So I am a very happy Drops customer. Uh, You'll also hear me talk about Drops when we talk about the dishes. So wait for that. Another product that you listeners write to me an awful lot about is soap nuts. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Maybe you have no idea what a soap nut is. A soap nut is a berry shell that naturally contains a cleaning agent, and so it works like detergent. You stick a couple in a little bag. You throw it in the wash. You can use that little bag of nuts for a couple washes. Now, these nuts, they grow on the soap berry tree in the Himalayas. I have tried soap berries before, and I thought they were completely lovely. So if you're interested in a truly all-natural product, you should go for the soap nuts. Now, it should go without saying that fabric softener and dryer sheets are completely uneco-friendly, and I would also argue they're unnecessary. And finally, another product that I've talked about before on the show is that Cora Ball. It collects the microfibers that shed off synthetic clothing, so you are creating less microplastic waste as you wash those synthetics. Now, really quick, a couple more eco-friendly tips for you as you do your simplified laundry. Wash in cold water in a shorter cycle. Doing so reduces fading of those darker colors and it reduces the amounts of microfibers that shed off your clothes. So cold water, shorter cycle. Don't be afraid of that quick wash setting if you have it on your machine. The quick wash reduces time, but it also reduces unnecessary water waste. So that is the laundry. Phew. Next up, we are talking about my second most despised household chore, which is the dishes. When we talk about simplifying and minimizing the dishes task, I have some tips for you that I have been trying so hard to incorporate in my own house, and I hope they help you as much as they've helped me. So the first tip I have for you is to wash in the right order. When I was a kid, my grandmother had a very specific order in which she washed the dishes, and I just didn't understand it then. But I understand the method behind her madness now. You want to wash the glasses first so that the water is clean and then there won't be that greasy smear left all over it when it's dry. So glasses first go in clean water. Next goes silverware. And the reason behind doing silverware next is because silverware goes in your mouth. So you really do want it to be the cleanest. 
After silverware, wash the plates. And then after the plates, wash the pots and the pans because they tend to be the grimiest and the dirtiest. And you don't want to do those earlier to then dirty all your dishes and silverware and glasses. Now, if you have a dishwasher and you're not so much washing items by hand, fill the dishwasher as you cook. This is my go-to simplification strategy for the dishwasher. I keep the dishwasher open as I'm cooking. When I'm done with something, I either stick it straight into the dishwasher or if it's necessary, I give it a really quick rinse and then I stick it in the dishwasher. I do this because I can't fully enjoy dinner if I'm staring at an overflowing sink of dirty dishes that are just waiting for me to tackle. So I clean up as I go and it has been a lifesaver for me as I cook three meals a day for my family. Now, when we talk about minimizing the task, so minimizing the sheer amount of dishes to be washed is to cook one pot meals. Now, my friend and previous podcast guest, Leslie Ford, she's an absolute pro at one pot meals. She told me once that simple vegetables do not need to be cooked in their own pan, and she blew my mind. I was like, what are you talking about, Leslie? But she's right. So if you're cooking a grain, let's say you're cooking quinoa or couscous or white rice, whatever it is, towards the end of the cooking time, maybe when you have three to four minutes to go, simply take your vegetable, whatever it was to be steamed, broccoli, sugar snap peas, green beans, whatever it was, and place it directly on top of the couscous or the rice. Put the lid back on and steam your vegetable that way. No need for two pots, no need for a vegetable steamer. Steam with one pot. Now, the same thing goes when you're using the oven. If you are braising a piece of meat, if you're a meat eater, or if you're braising tofu or making baked seitan, whatever your protein is, instead of dirtying another pan or another pot on the stove to cook your vegetable, simply stick your vegetable around the periphery of your protein. Some vegetables that really work well when braised alongside a protein include potatoes, sweet potatoes, butternut squash, onions, eggplant, carrots and parsnips even. Anything that you could roast will benefit from the one pot strategy. Now, a couple other ways to minimize the hassle that is the dishes is to get in the habit of cleaning up the bottom of your dishwasher if you have a dishwasher. So clean up any of those remaining bits of food after each dishwashing cycle and really pull out that bottom rack to look for any leftover food. Then remove it with a rag to prevent odors and to really keep your dishwasher running smoothly. Now, one other tip here to minimize the amount of dishes that you have to do is to serve the food that you just cooked in the pot or in the pan that you cooked it. So a lot of us are in the habit of cooking in a pot, let's say, then putting it in a nicer bowl before we put it on the table. You're certainly creating a more aesthetically pleasing dinner table for your family or for your dinner guests, but you're also giving yourself another item to wash and another item to dry and another item to put away. Either embrace serving in the pot or invest in, and when I say invest in, I'm saying consider quality secondhand pieces that are functional and beautiful. 
there's a, so many options on the market. I'll link to my favorites in this week's show notes. Now, when we talk about making the dishes more eco-friendly, the first action step for all of us is to use less soap as we're washing or as we're rinsing. Most people use way too much soap when they do the dishes. Too much soap means it takes longer to clean off that soap, so it's wasting excess water. A real easy trick to get in the habit of using the right amount of soap is to squirt a tablespoon of soap into a little bowl and then fill that bowl with a cup or so of water. Now, as you're washing, dip your rag into that soapy water as opposed to squirting the soap straight onto your rag. You'll save water and you'll save money on soap. Now, when it comes to talking about soap, you can absolutely make your own dish detergent at home. It's as simple as mixing one part Castile soap with 10 parts water, and you have just made liquid dish soap. So easy. Now, to scour pots and pans, if the Castile soap and water isn't working for you, simply mix some sea salt with some lemon juice until it's like a paste, then put it on the pots and pans and scrub away. Now, again, when we talk about washing dishes, no more sponges. Sponges are just a glorified single-use item. You get maybe two weeks out of them, so it's a two-week item. Use a rag. A rag works great. They do make plastic dish sponges these days, and I will say I fell for the fad. I thought, oh, plastic, it'll last forever. I'll have it forever. But it really just, in my experience, doesn't scour all that well. So... I've found that a good old-fashioned rag (laughs) is the way to go. Alternately, you could use a bamboo dish brush with an interchangeable head. That's a great idea as well. Now, if you have a dishwasher and you want to be a little bit more eco-friendly as you fill it, the first step is to fill it before running it. So fill it to the brim. Scrape your plates if possible. Don't rinse them because rinsing wastes water. When filled to capacity, newer dishwashers save energy and reduce water. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about newer Energy Star model dishwashers, of course. I'm not talking about dishwashers (laughs) from the 70s. And if you have a dishwasher from the 70s or the 80s or even the 90s, go you. Nice job keeping something for a long time. But the Energy Star certified models these days tend to be really great with water savings. While washing dishes by hand uses approximately 27 gallons of water per load, an Energy Star certified dishwasher can use as little as three gallons a load. So fill up your dishwasher, my friends, and do it boldly because you are saving 24 gallons of water. Now, dishwashers also save energy too because most newer models have heaters inside them that warm water more efficiently than your home's water heater. Now, when it comes to the soap for the dishwasher, you're going to want to find a phosphate-free dishwasher detergent that will not pollute waterways. I mentioned drops pods when we talked about laundry, and I'm going to plug them again because I also use them for the dishwasher. Dishwasher pods, I will link to them in the show notes. The final mundane chore we are discussing today is cleaning the house. Oh my gosh, that's cleaning the house. It's the never-ending job. Before we get to simplifying 
the house cleaning, I would like to tell you a little bit more about one of our supporters, Oregon State University eCampus. With sustainability in mind, Oregon State strives to create healthier people and a healthier planet. Joshua Chan Burgess learned all about that mission as he pursued his sustainability degree online with OSU eCampus. As his studies took him from Asia to Ohio to Florida, he learned things like the importance of composting and how to be a practitioner of ecological restoration. Learn more about how you can make your impact felt at ecampus.oregonstate.edu forward slash minimalists. Back to cleaning the house. I have some tips to simplify the task for you. The first is to clean top to bottom. So what on earth does that mean? That means that you do not want to wash the countertops before you have dusted the chandelier. And you certainly do not want to vacuum the floor before you've washed the countertops. It's much smarter to start at the top, let the mess, whatever it might be, fall. The crumbs, the dust, the dander, the pollen. Let it fall to the floor all the way down before you vacuum. Now, this is something that I've really struggled with because when I get fed up with my house and know it needs to be cleaned, the first thing I want to reach for is the vacuum. But I am trying so hard in my own life to not work harder but work smarter by working top to bottom. Another great tip is to start with the worst thing in the room. So pick the worst thing in the room and then go left to right. Talking about the kitchen for a minute, usually the worst thing in the kitchen is the stovetop, right? Things boil over, there's gross food remnants all over the top. So you're going to start with the worst thing. So that worst thing gets 100% of your energy. And then you will go around the room from left to right from there. The worst thing in the bathrooms tends to be the shower, the grime, the mold, the mildew. So you'll start with the shower and then go left to right after the shower is complete. Now, another tip here to simplifying the cleaning is to only clean when it's light outside, like super light in the morning. Consider opening all the drapes, all the blinds, all the shades, and turn on all the lights. And as you're cleaning, keep the windows and doors shut so that the pollen or dust doesn't come back in. Having it be a light time of day when you clean means that you can actually and truly see the mess. Now, if whatever you're cleaning needs some cleaning products, give them time to work. So most cleaning products don't just instantaneously disinfect, right? They need to stay on for a little while to give them the time to kill the germs and break down the crud. And if you spray and then walk away for a couple minutes, it means you have less scrubbing to do because the cleanser, whatever you're using as your cleaning agent, has time to do what it's meant to do. A couple little tricks that I do in my own house that I hope can help you too is that if you are cleaning a surface, let's say you are cleaning the coffee table in the living room, you will save yourself a good amount of time if you clear the entire surface first. So instead of picking something up and dusting or wiping underneath it, then putting it back down, take everything off the table first, do an entire wipe down of the entire surface, and then go ahead and put everything back. So that's one tip that I use in my own house that really does help. 
Another one, it's so simple, but (laughs) I don't know why it took me 36 years to figure it out, is to vacuum with an extension cord. I know, right? So, so simple, but so amazing. If you, like me, get so sick of the vacuum cord popping out of the outlet, which then makes you stop the task, go, (laughs) go find the plug, find a new plug, move around, move around, you can really just nip that in the bud by vacuuming with an extension cord. And finally, one little random trick that I use in my house that does work is I keep a razor blade in one of the drawers beside my stovetop so that when pots boil over, as they inevitably do, and as I drip things here and there as I'm cooking, I just quickly and easily scrape that gunk right off before it hardens. And when we talk about minimizing the cleaning of the house, the first thing you know I'm going to say it, you minimize cleaning by constantly decluttering because if you have less stuff, you have less to clean. So I'm just going to put that out there. Minimizing really does start with decluttering when it comes to house cleaning. But you can also minimize your cleaning products. How many of us use different products in different rooms of the house? Professional house cleaners tend to only use three products throughout an entire house. So if you're using one set of products in the bathrooms, another in the kitchen, and another in the bedrooms, see if you can declutter those products and pick three of the most versatile. We will talk about cleaning products in a moment when we talk about eco-friendly house cleaning, so be on the lookout for that. Finally, you can minimize the stress and hassle associated with cleaning the showers by staying on top of it. And this is like most things in cleaning. If you stay on top of it, it tends to not become an unruly task. But this is especially true with the tubs and the showers because the job gets infinitely more difficult and infinitely more unenjoyable the longer you go without cleaning those showers. Clean those showers more often But also consider investing in glycerin or vegetable-based soap. So if you have a vegetable oil-based soap in your bathroom, you're not going to have that white gummy soap scum residue crusted all over your shower. I will link to some really great (laughs) glycerin and vegetable oil-based soaps in this week's show notes. It's such an easy swap for you. You'll use this new bar of soap, you won't notice a difference in the cleanliness of your skin, but you will notice a difference in the cleanliness of your bathtub. Now, finally, when it comes to the showers, get in the habit and encourage your family members too to get in the habit of squeegeeing the walls. So not just the glass door, also squeegee the tile walls. That will really keep soap scum from crusting all over the walls and the corners and the crevices in your bathtub. All right, so let's greenify the cleaning of the house. The best way to clean green is to make your own cleansers. When we are buying soaps and cleansers at the supermarket, it's important to remember that every product, including cleansers, requires natural resources to produce And so making these items at home when possible is much more environmentally friendly than buying from a store. Now, DIY products, they also save on plastic because 
many times you're repurposing a container, a jar, let's say, from your house instead of inviting a new one into your home. They save on carbon emissions because making at home is the epitome of the local movement. It doesn't get any more local than making in your own home, right? Big cleaning corporations have marketed to us the idea that our homes have to smell like a toxic chemical in order to be clean. The commercial that immediately comes to mind is the Clorox commercial. The tagline is something along the lines of, if it doesn't smell like Clorox, it's not clean, right? They are literally saying there that if your house does not smell like toxic bleach, your house is not actually clean. And so we've bought into this. Many consumers shy away from making cleansers at home because they're worried that homemade cleansers don't actually clean or they don't actually disinfect. It's important to remember, though, that there are some real fundamental differences between cleaning and disinfecting. So while cleaning uses soap and removes germs and dirt from surfaces, disinfecting kills germs without necessarily cleaning. And now commercial disinfectants, so the items in the supermarket, they do indeed pack a very hefty germ-killing disinfecting punch. But bringing dangerous chemicals into the home, into our homes, may not be worth the potential health and environmental risks. Now, homemade cleansers generally contain three ingredients in varying amounts. One is Castile soap, another is white vinegar, and the third is baking soda. Vinegar is 5% acidic, which renders it a powerful disinfectant, and it is powerful enough to kill E. coli, salmonella, and a host of other common household bacteria. Now, white vinegar also dissolves soap scum. It removes grime and grease. Its acidity makes it a wonderful cleanser, but it's not suitable for every job. So if you have granite or marble countertops, you're not going to want to use vinegar. You're not going to want to use vinegar in your dishwasher or in your laundry machine. It can corrode machines over time. And you're not going to want to put it on wood or wood flooring either, as the acidity can eat away at the wood's protective finish. Now, baking soda, by contrast, is a base. And many homemade cleansers mix baking soda with vinegar to create that acid-base reaction that results in a real cleaning powerhouse. Baking soda can be used on its own too, though. It's a natural odor absorbent. If you have ever put that box of baking soda in your refrigerator, you know that to be true. And it is also a pretty abrasive scrubbing agent. Now, finally, Castile soap is a vegetable-based soap. It is non-toxic. It is biodegradable. You can purchase it in a bar or in a liquid. If you can, because vinegar, baking soda, and castile soap are relied upon so frequently in homemade cleansers, if you can buy them in the biggest size possible, know that you will use them as long as you commit to making a few different cleansers at home. Now, actually making the cleanser is as easy as pie. An all-purpose cleanser is equal parts vinegar and water. It could not get easier, right? Now, if you find the smell of vinegar to be off-putting, Simply reserve some orange peels and create an all-purpose cleanser that's infused with the smell of citrus. You just add the peels to a lidded jar, and then you add some vinegar. You make sure all the peels are covered by the vinegar, and then you just let it steep undisturbed 
in a shady spot for about three weeks, but the more it steeps, the more citrus smelling it will become. Then after three-ish weeks, separate the orange peels from the liquid, then use that vinegar to mix with equal parts water in a spray bottle. And voila. Now, again, if your countertop is made of marble or granite or some other stone, mix water with rubbing alcohol or vodka instead of vinegar because vinegar is too acidic for some countertops. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, what do I do about Windex? How will I live without Windex? Little kid greasy smears all over the windows. Simply mix one part white vinegar with four parts water and a little splash of lemon juice. And as a bonus here, as extra credit as you're cleaning those (laughs) grimy smears off the windows, use newspaper instead of paper towels. My mother-in-law taught me this trick, and it is amazing. You repurpose newspaper. You don't need to use a paper towel. The glass will still look shiny and pristine. Phew. So those are my best tips for tackling the laundry, the dishes, and general household cleaning in a simplified and greenified manner. Now, today we do have an eco tip, and it comes from Else. Else wrote to me to talk about how she decluttered three boxes of her son's paintings and artwork. She wanted to keep the memory, but she didn't want to necessarily keep the stuff. So she had him choose two pieces to frame, So he got to choose the pictures. She then framed them. And then for all the other pictures, she took a picture of her son holding the piece of artwork. So picture of him holding each piece of artwork one by one before she then took all those pictures and put them into a photo album. What I love about Elsa's idea, I've heard before the idea of taking pictures of artwork and putting them into a book. But my concern with doing that is that nobody's going to be necessarily jumping up to look at that book of artwork, let's say. But if you take a picture of your child holding the artwork, preferably a picture of your child holding the artwork at the age that he or she made the artwork, now you have a face. Now you can see development over time. You and I and your child perhaps might be much more likely to actually leaf through that book of artwork now that there is a human element to it. So thank you so much, Else. I love it. I'm going to do this in my own house. On next week's show, we are discussing what new mothers really want and what new mothers actually and truly need. We're also going to get into how to support new moms the sustainable minimalist way. I will see you then. Have an amazing week and take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.